500 years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Phantom, enemies beware, the Phantom's always there, but you won't find the Phantom. He finds you. Hello, Expand the Phantom podcast listeners. It's uh, Duncan Munro here. And they say that the Phantom has a thousand eyes and ears, and that appears to be true for the Chronicle Chamber team as well. I'm just at Baltimore Comic Con here in Maryland, and I've managed to track down some Phantom-related creators here. Uh, and so I've just got a few quick sound grabs with uh, Mike Gold, who was the editor for DC during the periods of both of the DC Phantom runs, the four-issue series and the 13-issue series, telling us a story about that. Uh, quick chat with Keith Williams, the uh, last daily artist to work directly off one of uh, um, Lee Falk's scripts. Mike Manley, the current daily artist, is getting an update since he last chanted with uh, X-Band. And Bob McLeod, who uh, has, is more known for his DC and Marvel work, but uh, has done some... Uh, phantom cubs for uh, Egmont. So uh, enjoy and happy phantoming. Uh, for those who came in late, my name is Duncan Munro. Uh, I'm just here at the Baltimore Comic Con for Expand the Phantom podcast, and I've come across uh, one of the editorial team from DC in the 80s, uh, Mr. Mike Gold, uh, who is responsible for bringing us the Fantastic Two uh, series of, of the Phantom uh, that came our way and still uh, warm our hearts. And Mike's agreed to give us uh, some of his valuable time today to answer a few questions. Mike, welcome to Expand the Phantom podcast. Nice to be here. It's uh, great to be talking with folks who, who, who get the Phantom. And I can really only do that best in English, at least in Australia so I'm doing I, I'm feeling really good about this <laughs> excellent well thanks for giving us uh, some of your time um, for the listeners uh, who don't read the uh, bottom print on the uh, first page of the comic book can you, you should, explain you should start <laughs> could you explain uh, the position that you held at DC during that period I was uh, director of editorial development and group editor uh, a promotion from senior editor so I, I got to develop a lot of really interesting projects, and one of them was, was obviously was the Phantom. And the reason why I did that, other than the fact that, you know, DC has all these classic characters that started in the late 1930s. Uh, the Phantom obviously preceded all of that, laid the groundwork for that, was in a billion newspapers, particularly in the States. Mm -hmm. And... I don't want to say if not for the Phantom, we wouldn't have Superman or Batman, um, but it helped. It sure as heck helped. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I, 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 I discovered the character in the Sunday pages first in the, in the newspaper. And then um, I fell across one of the Harvey Hits comics. I mm -hmm. bought it off the stands. That's how old I am. <laughs> and... Uh, I think it was like number 26 okay and that was the first time i was able to read a complete story in one sitting and i was already in love with the character because it was just really cool and i was like nine but 
being able to read the whole story beginning, middle, and end in one sitting, it just blew my little mind. <laughs> so I always wanted to see if I could play with the character. I got to, I met Lee a couple of times. Mm -hmm. We have mutual friends here. And we're coming, we're coming to your live gang, so we're just waiting for Aaron Douglas to uh, answer his page. I was, give you edit points <laughs> you can cut that um, it's you met you saying you met Lee I met Lee me a number of times and I now I would we just done a project with King Features which was one of the most horrendous experiences of my life <laughs> they, and they kept on changing their reps so that you know they don't they they had rotating art directors. Okay. So we would put together our project, and then this one guy would go over it and say, no, this is no good. Change this, 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 and this. Uh, all right, you own, you own the character. Fine. And then we'd finish that issue, mm -hmm. and then he would be gone, and the next person would be in, and they'd say, no, 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 this, this is terrible. Change this, this, and this, and this. We went through this three times, and... Uh, the project just, you know, suffered horribly from all of that. You know, you can't tell a story that way. Mm -hmm. um, even Hollywood figured that out. That you can't tell, you know, you need strong writers and strong showrunners in order to tell a story with a beginning, middle, and end. Yep. I did not want to make that mistake again. Okay. And I did not want to make that mistake with The Phantom because I'm a fan. Okay. So... We're gonna ha we're having a meeting over King over King Features to, to outline the whole project. A little light bulb goes off over my head. I call Leo and I said, "Leo, listen, I, we've met a few times, but I just want you to know I'm Michael. I'm, you know, I give him my creds, and, and I go, like, I'm really looking forward to working with you and seeing you this Friday at, at King Features for our meeting." And he goes, "Friday? What's that?" Oh, oh my god, I'm sorry. They probably just haven't called you yet. Um, but we're having a meeting at, at, at King Features to outline our plans for the Phantom mm -hmm. series. And, uh, you know, it's really a wonderful opportunity for me because I'd, I'd love to be able to work with you. And I said, oh, well, me too. It's wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, he hangs up and calls King Features. <laughs> And when we get there on Friday for this meeting, there's this long conference table. Lee is already there in full Lee Falk regalia, which means he's dressed half as the Phantom, half as Mandrake. I, I guess he was probably in his 80s at the time. Okay. So, so he kind of looked like Mandrake's father, but uh, that was, maybe grandfather. But that was okay. You know, I mean. <laughs> If you're walking through Midtown Manhattan with a with like an opera cape and, and a high hat and and a cane, uh, you know, a magic stick, plus all the Phantom regalia, don't sweat where you're gonna sit or anything. It doesn't matter. He sat at the head of the table. He just sat himself down right at the head of the table and motioned for me to sit next to him at his left hand. And he took charge of the meeting and the series came through, as far as I'm concerned, came through flawlessly. King now was afraid to, to cross Lee. Right. And 
they just let me alone so that I could do what I wanted to do or needed to do as long as as long as Lee approved. And, and it's much better to work with, with Lee than with people who really don't know the character, know the character. And, and don't mm. care really that much. I mean, King is is in the licensing business. Uh, you know, the, the glory days of newspaper strips were long gone, even then. Right. So uh, they didn't have. I don't want to say they didn't care. Mm. They just didn't know. Yep. They, and and it's tough. There aren't there weren't that many people to, to they could hire who would know, and there weren't that many continuity strips left where they could actually work on it. Right. So they had no reason to know. And that's as far as I'm going to go to defend King Features. But <laughs> but working with Lee was an honor, of course. Oh, wow. And he was such such a sweet man. When, um, um, when Fred was having a hard time getting work, he was still doing Mandrake, of course, because mm-hmm. he did it after Lee died. But... Um, it wasn't paying very well. It was in like eight newspapers. So so Lee actually called me to see if we could get him some work. Okay. Uh, and we did some. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we got him as much as I would have liked. But, you know, he also had this daily strip to produce. So it, it, I think it worked out well for him. But Lee was so concerned about his partner on, on Mandrake yep. that... Um, and he was only the third artist to, to sign Mandrake, the first being Lee himself. So uh, that didn't last long. It's like, wow, this takes time. <laughs> but it worked out well. Phil Davis was, was a terrific artist. And Lee was telling me lots of stories about that. The only thing he, uh, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school here, he, he didn't like uh, McKay's work, McCoy's right. work. Right. Just, it just, just didn't appeal to him. It was too short and stocky. The action he thought was slow and kind of clumsy. And he had no decision in that. So when I told him my story about how we were working on the other project over yep. with King, he says, oh yeah, they've been doing that forever. And, <laughs> and he tells me about what happened to him, you know, in the late 30s, the early 40s. It was like... <laughs> yeah, things don't change. <laughs> things really don't change. Wonderful, wonderful man. And with the foresight of establishing something, it's almost a bit that, you know, it almost seems like it inspired the Doctor Who bit. You know, because you have this perpetual character, you have this character that's always around. Right. Around 400 years and probably, hopefully, 400 years in the future. And uh, they regenerate the way the doctor regenerates in the sense that they die and the kid takes them. Yep. So I think that bit started there. Doesn't mean they ripped it off. They might not have read the strip at all. Sure. But nonetheless, he was out there first by a good 25 years. <laughs> so he wins. <laughs> <laughs> It was wonderful. I, I really enjoyed working with him. That was a, just a fanboy's dream come true, uh, which is a good reason to work for DC Comics. And I did that for like nine years. Um, it was, it was, you know, fun working on Batman and Superman and all those great classic characters. Uh, but I also got a chance to work on, on, on the first. Yep. 
on the very first. And, yeah. and your choice of Orlando uh, and uh, Peter David for the first one, what was that based on? Did they come to you or did you... It was you... based upon Joe Orlando, who was essentially... He wasn't really my boss. Dick Giordano was my boss. Um, but he was above Dick in the corporate structure, sure. which neither Dick nor Joe cared about at all. Right. And, and Joe was a miracle. I learned more just listening to him explain storytelling to me in 20 minutes than I had in 20 wow. years on the job and, and, and 112 years as a fan. Um, so the opportunity to work with Joe on a project that he was begging for. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love The Phantom. I always wanted to do The Phantom. Please <laughs> let me do The Phantom. And I said, well, you're not that great with deadlines. And you, you, you have this day job. He says, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> so it seemed like a passion project for everybody. Like it was Absolutely. It most certainly was. Well, when Luke came in, yep. uh, Luke was like arguably the biggest Phantom fan I'd ever met, at least in the States. Yep. And uh, being younger than me, it was a little surprising because... I don't, he wasn't in any, the strip wasn't in any New York papers or papers in that area. And uh, I, I never, you know, you never know how people encounter the, the, the strip. But on the other hand, you know, I mean, nostalgia does tinge the comics business and it used to run the comics business. So that's the fun of it. You get to go, you can do your own thing, you can create your own projects all kinds of things you can do but you can indulge those passions as well and and if you're doing that it usually shows on the page yeah on the printed page so and uh, peter was a true a huge phantom fan right. he knew stuff about the character that that lee had forgotten although we had sort of went along with that sure. <laughs> you know it's Lee come on uh, and, and, and I know that we were reading it more recently than he was writing it right. so <laughs> what the heck right <laughs> um, now Peter and who's who's a terrific writer yeah uh, that was a, that was a passion project for him as well it seems to be something he's still held close to him because uh, um, he's done it a few few more times he's written scripts for uh, Alex Avio to do the work for mm -hmm. Uh, with Hermes Press um, and there was one series that went for four issues and the other one went for 13 issues and mm -hmm. with a different creative team behind it but you still on the editorial team yeah was the shift because of the commitment that the first lot of artists could make or was that had they told the story they wanted to tell in those four issues the, the sequel series yeah. was based upon the fact that the first yeah. miniseries sold well. Yeah. Okay. And we had sort of an option agreement built into the contract. And it required some negotiation, but not much. And um, it, it was always in my editorial group. I did hands-on editing as long as I could. I don't recall how long that was. It was most of the run, I think. Okay. But that last 13th issue, people still asking me to this day, I understand 12 issues. Yeah. <laughs> How did you do 13? Oh, in the process of negotiation, um, which is an art form, and that's as far as I'll go 
<laughs> respect to the guy who wrote a book about that or put his name on a book about that. Um, I wanted the, that first series, the first monthly series, to end with the with the wedding, with the marriage. Okay. Um, because we wanted the contemporary readers to, to feel comfortable with the series sure. should we go on. Okay. So the whole idea was to end it with, with the wedding. And I had written into the contract that we could adapt Lee's story even word for word if we wanted to. We could lift dialogue from it to, to make it authentic. Mm -hmm. Of course, Lee was in favor of that. Sure. And and King thought, you know, fine. You know, they understood why I wanted it in the contract, uh, just so that later on, with management changes and stuff, nobody could complain that yeah. I was ripping off their material uh, under a license that said, yeah, rip off our material. <laughs> but it allowed me something and I think it was probably Vengeance for the Flash Gordon Project. Matter of fact, I, I, I know it was Vengeance for the Flash Gordon Project. Because <laughs> uh, I did it. Uh, by being able to contractually reproduce any element from that story that I wanted, I was able to have free use of Mandrake <laughs> and Lovar. And that's wise negotiating. And, uh, yeah, and and it was on that special 13th issue. We would have continued, and they wanted to continue, but they doubled the licensing fee because of the extra characters. No, just because they edited sold well and they thought there was more money in there. So yeah, people have this weird thought that you know comics is a good way to get wealthy. Yeah, if you give me five dollars, maybe you'll give me ten dollars. Yeah, I don't blame them for wanting to negotiate up on a contract renewal. That happens. That's part of the process. Double, you're asking for a lot. And, and they didn't understand how comic book marketing works. Because, yep. you know, your, your strongest sales are going to be your first issue. And it's going to go down from there. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, you can do something about it or you can... Or, you can fix a problem and, and, and relaunch it or whatever. That's why we see so many first issues these days. It would, you know, yep. if, if, if there's an issue nine, there's not going to be an issue ten. It's yeah. another number one. You know? <laughs> well, that's the reason for that. They didn't understand that. And there was no way I can get them to understand that. Um, because they weren't in publishing. They weren't in the publishing business. They were in the greeting card licensing business. Mm. So... Uh, we told them we couldn't do double, um, and we were trying to negotiate something with them, and, and we agreed to go double, but only for a six-month contract. Okay. Because at that point, we would absolutely lose money. You can figure that out. Okay. You can track that out. Uh, and that was before we had computer spreadsheets, so <laughs> we can do it on our fingers and toes. All school maths. You know? <laughs> That's right. Uh... Well, we weaponized mathematics, but we, uh, they said, no, it has to be a year and it has to be double. And we said, see ya. Mm. And that was unfortunate, but, you know, if you're in that business, particularly at DC or Marvel, where you're dealing with all these legendary properties, you have to know when to let go because there are other people who want to do it or there are other opportunities. It's not your property. 
Now, if it was a creator-owned issue, that would be totally different. And I did a lot of that for DC, and nothing but that at first comics and, and at Image. So, you know, I get that too. But this was a strict licensing deal. At the end of the day, everybody should be making money, including the writer and the hmm. artist. And um, if it can't, that can't happen, you know, that's too bad. It's a shame. The Phantom's been around since 1936. I'm not so worried about the Phantom <laughs> being around later. And of course, three or four other publishers came in afterwards. Yep. And there will be others long after I'm gone. And uh, you know, holding holding Lee's opera cape somewhere. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and did, did Mark and Luke uh, pitch to you a continuation of the story? Like, was there a plan in place for what would happen post that thirteenth issue? It's a good question. <clears throat> I don't recall. Okay. I have faith in the team yep. that they would have found something. If I said, "Well, okay, here's your deadline," <laughs> they'd go, uh, "Okay, here's the story." I think, and then they'll vamp up a good story. <laughs> we all do that. You know, it's Hollywood. And you know, can you ride a horse? Of course, I can ride a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and if um, how did he break his leg? You can't ride a horse. Um, and if you, what's the enduring thing you'll take uh, with you from that the character of the Phantom from those early days of cutting out the strips in the newspaper? Well, let me tell you, the, my personal takeaway is I got to work on the Phantom and I got to work with Lee Fong. That's my personal takeaway. We did some good comics, we did some good stories. <clears throat> Whatever our contribution was to the overall mythology, and that's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So ours is, is just kind of a fart in a blizzard, but, but I'm proud of that. <laughs> I, that didn't turn out the way I thought it would, um, but, I'm, but I'm proud of that nonetheless. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, if you if you if you can't get in, if you can't do some of that fan-based wish fulfillment, mm -hmm. then you, you get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But if you if, if you're in touch with that, that's the thrill of working in the business. And for me, a good part of that thrill is working with people like like Lee and working with Lee in particular, and then just watching his act. When he walked into that conference room in full regalia, <laughs> and everybody just sort of, they were used to it, but, but they sort of sucked in their breath. You can hear all of these executives go, well, this is over. <laughs> <laughs> just give him what he wants. And I was, I was thrilled. Partially, I don't want to say for childish reasons, but it was. <laughs> well... It, they were both wonderful series, and uh, there's something that the fans uh, then, now, and into the future are always going to have, because they're always going to be around. I think so. I hope so. And I, I'm told that those books will be reprinted by Hermes. Okay. Eventually. They asked me if I'd write an intro, but that was like two years ago, three years ago, so I, and I haven't heard from them since. That, that's, uh, I don't think that's an unusual um, timeline, so I'm sure we'll still see that. So, oh, yeah. I, I'm not... I'm not I'm not concerned. I, I see the books coming out. That'll be great. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Frank Robbins fan, and I've been waiting four or five years for their, for their uh, Johnny Hazard Sundays. The Johnny Hazard, yep. You know, which was just beautiful. Frank, Frank was such a phenomenal artist and such a good writer. And some of the best Batman stories. I mean, everybody thinks about, about Danny O'Neill's wonderful work during that time. And Danny is one of the best writers in the history of the media. Um, 
and, and, and Steve Applehart was doing great work and Archie Goodwin. I mean, all these great writers. And Frank was part of that group. Having come from newspaper strips, and he did some of his best writing on Batman, and some of his best art on The Shadow. Right. So that was fun, and I want them to get off their ass and print the damn book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get, I'll just wait for these. Okay. Strong So, Mike, I wanted to uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today and sharing your story with the fans. I also want to thank you for um, the work that you put in at the time and the effort that you put in behind both those series because, as I said, they're going to be a, something that's enduring that the fans will continue to enjoy. And it's because we had uh, someone like you with the passion that you've demonstrated at the reins. So thank, thank you. you very much for your efforts. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank you. I've managed to grab Keith Williams um, while he's not being mobbed by uh, adoring fans uh, and and getting us an opportunity to get an update um, from this fantastic uh, Phantom Daily artist um, with his time with the Phantom. Uh, he's got some new Phantom work that he wants to share some news with us about. Uh, and But first I'm going to ask him how the convention's gone for you this weekend. Well, the convention went very well, Duncan. Um, my gosh, uh, the people here are absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, lots of commissions, lots of lots of work, uh, not too much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I'm I'm catching Keith when he's absolutely exhausted because every time I've come to his table, it's been uh, stacked with uh, people admiring his work, asking for commissions, uh, looking through the original artwork and uh, prints that you've got here. Uh, myself included, there's been some uh, fantastic stuff. It's great to see that the Phantom's on your banner. Thank so you. You're still yes, proud of yes. Displaying that flag. Yes, yes, finally, yes. People have been telling me I should have it. Yes. And um, for the people that. <laughs> aren't able to come here but are listening to the podcast and are still chasing either prints or looking for some of your uh, phantom dailies that you've still got uh, some originals of yes. and commissions, they can get through to you on Facebook? Or... On, on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is um, Keith Williams Comic Book Art. Yep. Uh, that's that's what you look for and you could DM me, no yep. problem. Uh, and Facebook also, um, just have to put in Keith Williams and believe me, I'll, I'll pop up, you'll see. You'll... <laughs> trying to remember exactly what my thing is on well my face is on there so you'll you'll know who i am <laughs> and i have my phantom ring pointing straight out at oh, really? you, so yeah so oh, fantastic you'll definitely know who i am and um the fans obviously know you from the, the daily work that you've done yes with the phantom doing the art for uh george ollison's pencils and yes uh lee fox stories yes but yes. you've got some uh new phantom work that you've been doing yes um what can you tell us about that it's phantom lightning strikes um I worked with Alex Soviak on the second issue yep. of uh, that book, uh, the 20, 22 pages, I believe, um, and uh, that was, let's see, I, I started work on that back in February, I think, early right. March, yeah. And and so that's uh, Alex's pencils, yes. your inks, and yes. whose script was it, do you know? Oh, good question. I'm really not sure, sure about right. I that. think it's issue four of The Lightning Strikes. So oh, people is it issue four? Home. Okay. And sorry the, about the story, that. That's all right. No, you didn't say. But um, the story started, I think, with issue one, with uh, Alex had done some work on that. Yes. Uh, then there was some short stories in issues two and three. Ah, and then issue yes. four is the conclusion, which has your work in it. Okay. Um, and the Chronicle Chamber guys are very well versed in the story of uh, Lightning Strikes. They even sent uh, one of the guys over um, to kick the door down of uh, the Lightning Strikes office in Ireland to find out what was going on. Oh, they were demanding the conclusions oh of the story. Oh my gosh! Um, no, they, they were a bit more subtle than that. But um, <laughs> okay. there's a story on their on their social wow. media. 
um, how uh, Stephen went over and um, and met with you and, and had a discussion about what the update was. Oh, okay. And proved that they're real. So there's, yeah, there's, yes. there's video of Jermaine looking through actual copies of the, the, <laughs> the story. So it exists. <laughs> it exists and we're going to see it. And hopefully it'll be uh, the next con you've got. Oh, I be sure, I sure to be hope sharing. so. Because it's great that you're, st- you're still doing all this work for the Phantom, yes. and uh, and getting the getting that word out there. And it's a different publisher, uh, and so that's a, a great way for the US market to be able to, through you, uh, still get exposure to the Phantom. Yes, yes, absolutely. Very um, happy to be doing it. Yeah. And what about your other work that you're doing at the moment? Is there anything you want to plug for the people to try and cross them over from the Phantom to some of your other work? Oh gosh, well, I am working on something from Marvel Comics again. Uh, it's a one shot. Can't. Don't know if I should, could really talk. That's all right. But, but if they're watching you on your social medias, when social media, when you are allowed to talk about it, it'll be on there, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh, you better believe it. You get some sneak peeks and uh, some cover art and all that sort of stuff. I would stuff like to do that. There. Yeah, I'd like to. You know, like I can show you maybe a little bit of uh, the stuff that I'm doing, the interiors. Yeah, that's sure. right. Fantastic. And it's um, and it's been a great weekend for you by the sound of it. Yes, and it has. You've, it's a well-earned rest that you need to go and get very shortly, I think. Yes, I'm going to try to get some sleep, even though I still have um, some deadlines I got. <laughs> I got I got to cover even while I'm here, but uh, I, I promise I will get some sleep. All right. Well, uh, the sacrifice that you've made, we're all grateful for, especially me. And uh, on behalf of everyone listening at Chronicle Chamber, I'd like to thank you for your time and for your continued fantastic work supporting the family. Thank you. Thank you, Duncan. Thanks, Thank you. And for uh, Expand the Phantom podcast, we're just here at uh, the Baltimore Comic Con and we've managed to wrangle uh, the fantastic Phantom daily artist Mike Manley for a few minutes. Um, Mike, is there anything you want to tell the Chronicle Chamber guys about your experience at the Baltimore Con this weekend? Uh, well, it was a great show. Uh, it's my favorite convention because it's big enough, but but not too big. And it's full of artists, and it's not full of all like just TV people and everything else. So it's if you're a fan of comics and comic art, there's a lot of great artists here. Uh, and I've been doing it, I don't know, 25 years, but I've been doing it for at least almost 20. Right. So. And it's close to Philly, so it's like an hour home. So, <laughs> and uh, it, what I've seen is a few people uh, commenting on uh, the Phantom while I've been walking around because they've noticed my accent and seen the Phantom T-shirt. Um, have you had a few people coming up because of your work with the Phantom, or mostly yeah. your other work? Yeah. Well, it's a mix because now there are people come because of the Phantom. There are a lot of people who come because of Batman. People come because of Darkhawk. There was a guy supposedly yesterday walking around dressed as a Phantom. Oh, really? But he didn't I come know, over. I missed it. Wow. Liang saw him go by. Yeah. I did not say that. Yeah. So I, it's odd he didn't come by. Right. Maybe he was afraid. Maybe. I would like, you maybe don't it, look like the Phantom. Maybe it was the Phantom and he was here. We just oh, didn't know okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, although, as we've spoken about in the purple, we would stand out. Um, and uh, you've been doing some uh, commissions and also selling original art here. If uh, the fans are still looking for stuff from you uh, going through your website is the best one or Facebook yeah the best email. thing to do if you're interested in a specific strip if I'm selling it is just to send me um, uh, messenger probably through Facebook Facebook yep. messenger just or Mike at actionplanet.com okay and if I'm selling it you know we work on a deal and uh, um, as, as you've seen by my representation here, uh, some of the fans in Australia are using uh, your posts on Facebook of the daily strips as their shopping list. It's a, ah, it's right. a shop at home. Um, and 
is that something that you're okay with people doing if they oh, see yeah, a strip sure. they're yeah. like trying to jump onto it straight away? Yeah, sure. And um, and what's coming up with the work you're doing with? You spoke to the Chronicle Chamber guys a little while ago with Tony, uh, both together. Um, is there anything you wanted to tease with what's coming up with the uh, daily strip? Or? Well, we're gonna deal with the python. Oh, great. Again, so uh, I told them I, I really enjoyed this last story. Um, and I wanted to do something that was sort of similar, mm-hmm. um, action, yep. things like that. Um, and that's a lot more fun for me to do. Um, and we've been working together long enough now that, like, Tony will give me, like, four or five days in a row of just a big single strip. Which is great because then you get a little... Uh, I always think it's like James Bond. You get a little drama, you get a little you get a little bit of a expanse yep. because the comics are so small in the paper. I don't yeah. know how big they print them in Australia. Yeah. it's it, Online is the best way to see them. Right. Make yeah. yeah. And so, um, uh, he's very accommodating as a writer that way. That's good. Yeah. Um, and he, I also noticed he gives you a lot of space to tell more of the story. So a lot of his word balloons, he's been very, he's very concise with right, right. what he well, chooses. Yeah. And I think that, that, Again, the comic strip is the most restrictive form of doing a comic outside of doing a one-panel gag strip. So he doesn't feel like he needs to overwrite, which is great. Right. And um, is there anything that um, you've told him that you want want to draw or that uh, you're waiting for him to write? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Phantom can just fight a bunch of girls in a... Jello pit or something, you know. <laughs> you put that request in with <laughs> yes. Tony. Yeah, yeah. So then he gives me the Python. I don't know. Well, you know, look out for the surge in uh, Facebook Messenger request you get when that <laughs> that daily gets printed. <laughs> um, uh, but I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, oh, sure. And also taking the time to come out to the convention and uh, and share your work with the fans and share your time with them. Oh yeah, I and, love doing it and sharing your time with us. So Mike Manley, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Hi everyone, uh, we're back here at uh, Baltimore uh, Comic Con and I've got the uh, extremely talented Bob McLeod has agreed to give us some very valuable time on this uh, Sunday afternoon uh, when the convention's quite busy. Uh, Bob did some fantastic covers for uh, Egmont and we're just going to get him to share the story of that with us today. Bob, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, thank you very much. Um, so Bob, what can you tell us about how you became involved with uh, doing Phantom covers for uh, a Scandinavian comic book company when you're so well known for working for the big two in America? Well, actually, it was in the early 2000s, and by that time, my work with Marvel and DC had slowed down a little bit. It got to the point where I was having to call them for work, and so they used to call me, which was fine, but it it was just, uh, I started looking around to see what else was out there, Mm -hmm. and a friend of mine, Paul Ryan, was working on The Phantom, and he suggested that I do some samples and, uh, you know, try to get on with the crew at Egmont and I said sure I love the Phantom Um, so I did some sketches of him which you probably saw here today and uh, they liked him and uh, sent me a script and uh, I did about four or five issues of the Phantom for them uh, and maybe three or four covers Mm -hmm. so I had a great time and um, and You've got your uh, sketchbooks here, and uh, there's also some roughs from your, your work. Was your, Did you find the fans were approaching you to get the originals from those covers? Or? 
Were they sold at conventions? Not too much. I had some Australian fans or, yep. or Swedish fans also uh, inquire about them, but at the time I wasn't selling them. Yeah. Uh, you, like you said, I, I sold that one, um, but I think I've still got... Uh, did I sell the other one? I don't even remember now. I might, might have. I can't sure. remember. Um, I've been hanging on to my art recently, yeah. uh, especially covers, but I might have sold those... Um, before I started hanging on to them. It's hard to remember. And um, and was it a matter of not having enough time that you, uh, you or you got busier with some of the other work that you got that you didn't do more covers for Egmont? Yeah, what happened was um, with American comics, uh, you have a little bit more freedom with the, or at least with Egmont at the time. Yeah. Um, I had more freedom with Marvel and DC as to how many panels I would have put on a page. Right. Um, how I would tell the story. Egmont was, uh, I thought, pretty old-fashioned and regimented. They sure. wanted seven-panel average pages. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't like skinny panels or stretched up. They liked those <laughs> rectangular shape panels. Uh, you know, not, not anything too tricky, which was fine. Uh, but combined with the average of seven panels a page and... Um, a lot of reference with costuming and uh, helicopters and jeeps and guns and what have you. Uh, it was very time consuming to draw those pages. Right. And they paid a little bit less than Marvel and DC. So in the end, after I'd done a few issues, I just decided it was a little bit more, a little bit too much work for the money compared to what I could do in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why that's the only reason I didn't do more. Okay, and you've got uh, two prints here that for sale on your table amongst all your other work, uh, and they're two phantom ones. Uh, one of them is uh, a phantom image with the good mark and the skull mark symbol and the phantom with his arms out. Can you tell me the story behind that? That was a commission I did for someone, uh, probably a Swedish fan yep. uh, that was familiar with my work in the comics. Just asked me to do a phantom commission, and that's what I came up with, and I liked it, so I made it into a print. And the other one was a black and white uh, story with the phantoms going into action with devils, which um, is a great picture in front of the Skull Cave. Is that a commission as well? That was also a commission, and uh, a little more recent than the other one. Yep. And I just tried to get all the elements in there, the Skull Cave and and, uh, the wolf and phantom. Um, and I like drawing jungles, get some trees in there. And, and it's, it's a fantastic piece and great action. Um, I'm going to get inundated because I'm not bringing enough of these back to Australia. So, uh, for the record, can you confirm that I cleaned you out of these? <laughs> uh, you took every print that I had, yeah. And, um, and if someone was uh, trying to organize a print or a commission from you through your website, is the best way to do that? Uh, yes, um, every, everything I have is uh, on my website. You can order prints, um, print on demand there. Um, I think definitely uh, my Phantom prints, I think pretty much everything is on there. And if it isn't now, we're, we've been building the website, so it sure. will be soon. And the sketchbook that you've got has some of your Phantom work in it as well. As yes, it does. Yes, and I'm, I'm working on a new sketchbook, but I don't have any more Phantom pieces. So I would have to do a new one, um, which I might do. We'll see. And um, before your inbox gets flooded with requests for commissions, uh, we were talking about it, and you're quite, you are quite busy. So conventions are only really the opportunity, the only real opportunity to get to do fan commissions at the moment. Is that right? Yes. Unfortunately, my uh, time to do commissions has gotten a little more restricted, and I'm behind on uh, the people that I have on my list that already want commissions. Sure. 
I don't take any money until I'm ready to do a commission. So yeah. it's not like I owe the money, sure. but um, they're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I don't want to add any more people to that list because it's already long enough. Yeah. Uh, so I've kind of closed down my commission list, except for whatever I can do at a convention, which is generally just a figure or two, not a whole scene like a cover or yep. a pinup. Well, all I can say is, uh, as someone who's been lucky enough to get a commission from you this weekend, uh, it's worth the wait. Yeah, um, so uh, anyone that's listening that is looking for your work um, should seek out the conventions that you're going to be at and uh, try and get on that list. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Bob. Is there anything you wanted to say about um, what the Phantom means to you or why the, the character appealed to you specifically? Sure. When I was a kid, it was in our newspaper. So I would read the Phantom uh, newspaper strip by Cy Berry, or Lee Falk and Cy Berry, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Um, every week. Was it every day or just on Sundays? Uh, I think it was only on Sundays in our paper. Okay. Um, but I looked forward to it. I used to copy it out of the newspaper. Oh, fantastic. So I've still got a childhood drawing that I did of the Phantom. It's pretty <laughs> awful, but <laughs> I did it in colored markers and everything. Um, had a volcano in the background, I think. Oh, wow. Um, uh, so I always had a, a fondness for the for the character and uh, uh, was excited to get the chance to draw him. Yeah. Well, Bob, thank you for the contribution that you've made to uh, fandom history by being part of those uh, part of the printing, publishing history of submitting those fantastic covers. And thank you for your time today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank Thanks. Well, that was absolutely incredible. Um, Duncan Munro, thank you so much for your efforts and your time in recording those for us. And um, you you asked some fantastic questions in your chats with these men. And it's uh, fantastic to hear from someone like Mike Gold, who, you know, doesn't even have a fan of wiki entry. He's uh, just a, a sort of... Um, behind the scenes, obviously, but very important behind the scenes in a comic series that so many of us uh, uh, know and enjoy. And um, and then the, the chats as well with uh, the, the daily artists and Bob McLeod in particular, someone who um, I guess um, <laughs> on the Chronicle Chamber we haven't heard from before. So fantastic that you were able to corner him over there in Baltimore. So as I say, we really do appreciate it, Duncan. You've always been a fantastic supporter of the podcast and... Um, uh, and, and everything that we do here on the, the website at chroniclechamber.com. So uh, thanks very much, mate. This is just the latest way that you've, uh, you've shown your magnificent support. Um, and, and in that sense, I suppose anyone, is call out to anyone who's attending a convention overseas that you, you know that we're not at and aren't going to be recording anything that you can record, if we can use it, we'll put it up. Um, and uh, we'd love to have correspondence from all over the world um, and not have to send uh, burly Australians um, overseas to record for us. Um, if, if you're there and you're at a con, you can speak to some phantom people or um, whatever you can you can send through. Uh, we certainly would appreciate that. Um, otherwise, you can support us, of course, if, uh, if that's not your go. Patreon is a very simple way to support what we do, and we really, really do appreciate everyone who contributes, whether it's a dollar a month or $5 a month, whatever you can afford, um, to, to help the, with the running costs of the of the podcast, obviously, and the website, um, and all of the associated. Um, we, we're running a few competitions now, so there's postage involved with those, um, all of that sort of stuff. So, um, no, thank you very much to those guys, and, and if you can help out in uh, as little or as much as you can, um, that website is at www.patreon.com backslash Chronicle Chamber. Of course, you can click the link from our website as well. Uh, that website, which is the main one to remember, of course, is chroniclechamber.com for all your fandom news and uh, information. You can contact us on email. Um, use the address chroniclechamber at gmail.com 
Of course, we're all over social media as well. Uh, the podcasts have been far more regularly getting up onto YouTube, and uh, we mentioned that, but um, in some of the other podcasts. But um, check out our YouTube channel. Search there for Chronicle Chamber. We're on Facebook. Uh, ChronicleChamber.com is what you need to search for there, or we also are the admin of the Phantom Collector Group. We're on Twitter at Chronicle Tweet and on Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. So, um, folks, if you if this is one of your first times listening to us, uh, we thank you very much for your time. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, basically, your favourite Android app, whatever it might be. Um, thank you very much for your time. And once again, thanks, Duncan. Happy fandoming, everybody. This man cannot die. The the ghost who walks. The Enemies beware. The phantom's always there. But you won't find the phantom. He finds.